Ladies and gentlemen, good evening to those who are joining us on the Crowcast this evening. <laughs> Welcome to the Weekend Wrap. Uh, and uh, to all those joining us, you're, uh, you're dyed in the wall, you're rusted on, and we appreciate your company because, my God, Macca, that was a heap of shit. Oh, wasn't that good? <laughs> <laughs> if we improved, we could be a heap of shit. Oh, mate. Mate. I swear to God, that's uh, one of the worst performances we've put together for a while, particularly in the midfield. It yeah, was well, uh, it, not a lot to get excited about. We have to be realistic who we are playing too. We're playing the Bulldogs, who mm. uh, you would say at best middle of the road. Yep. And they have uh, a very good midfield, a uh, very classy midfield. Yep. But I don't re- they don't have a lot else. And, I mean, their, their midfield make... Their, their forwards eventually get, get some score. And they're not a really normally a high-scoring team. No. Uh, and their back line, well, it's, it's a, a reasonable back line, but it's not a starry back line. So um, it really boils around the midfield, and we got absolutely slaughtered. Oh, and, we, got, you know, we got pummeled. The coach said that we – he was asked, uh, did we attempt to uh, tag Montempelli? Mm. And he said, we did at times. <laughs> and then what? What does that times mean? Well, it just means that other times, like when the the game was going, we didn't. I think we tagged him coming out of the race. I think we might have tagged him walking off the ground. Um, but aside from that, we didn't get fucking near him, mate. <laughs> well, no, he, he, he just he was, he was in the forward lines, he was in the back lines, he was in the middle. He just did whatever he liked. And you know, and, and young uh, young Bailey Smith, who I've been yep. pumping his eyes up, and yep. he showed today how good he is. I think he had about thirty-seven or thirty-eight disposals himself. So it just really shows how much we did get slaughtered in there. Oh. And and look, the thing of it is, Macca, it wasn't an inexperienced midfield. We had Matty Crouch in there for a lot of the time. We had Rory Sloan in there for a lot of the time. We had. Um, you know, Benny Keys, who's been in really good form. Uh, Laird. Laird, he's been in there, who's also been in good form. And they got absolutely torched, absolutely torched. Um, yeah. So we're not talking about kids. And, in fact, the only kid that uh, was in there for a lot of the time was Schoenberg. And to be honest with he, you, he wasn't our worst midfielder, mate. He did, he did really good. He's probably one of the bright points that I was going to say, you know, there's probably maybe uh, maybe three or four highlights out of the game, uh, or let's say highlights, good points. I thought he was one of them, actually. And look, the thing of it is uh, that Schoenberg at the moment should be playing at Cameo. He should be picking up his 10 to 12 and showing us signs. We're not relying on him to carry a bloody midfield, for God's sakes. And, you know, um, I thought Sloan was terribly disappointing, terribly disappointing, Rory Sloan. Uh, Mount Crouch got a bit of the ball, but I'll tell you what, Bontempelli was running off Matt Crouch and Rory Sloan all day long. 
And the reason Bonampelli was clear so often was the inability of those two to bloody pick him up on transition, let alone the set of clearances. Well, they can't run as fast as him for a start. But it it Uh, wasn't only that, Macker, it was positioning, you know, defensive positioning. They they were caught ball-watching, they were caught ahead of the ball. I mean, if someone's toweling you up, even if the coach doesn't send a runner out, surely as an experienced footballer, you go, should we better just, you know, man up on this bloke? At least well, around ground, but he 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 didn't even. I don't think he would have realised that the crows were playing. Well, you know, the interesting thing is that uh, again, listening to Nixon, I, I thought it was one of the most depressing uh, interviews I've heard from a coach because I, I'm looking at a guy that looks like he's just been bashed up, and uh, yeah, he's he's trying to find a, a nice point. He's trying to find a good point. He's trying to find something, and uh, well. I, you know, I just think uh, I don't know whether he can coach or not. I've got, to, I've got to preface it with that. He might be good, he might be bad, and I, but you can't really judge him on what he's no. been given. Uh, he's been given a shit team, yeah. um, and he's been given a sh- shit assistant coaches. Yeah, um, and he's in fact he's really it's a sandwich. It's a, it's a sandwich full of shit, basically, that he's been handed. And I guess the only thing that he's really finding out is that our experienced players are no longer capable of carrying this team through. Um, You know, too many of them. It wasn't an inexperienced team. And I will go through this in a little bit more detail in a minute, Mac, but we didn't field an inexperienced side this week. You know, we had a few kids in, but we didn't field an experienced side. And Western Bulldogs had no right to absolutely slaughter us around the contest the way that they did. Um, and and yet they did. So I think what Matty Nix has probably learnt, and I think it's been evident for a month, is that um, our, our senior players uh, have played on one, maybe two seasons too long, and um, they cannot be relied upon to provide a smooth transition for our young kids coming through. And it's going to be a baptism of fire for our young kids. It's a, it's a shame, but that's the way it is. Well, sadly, that's true. Um, if you take Rory Sloan, I think he's got another. I think he's got another. Is it three years left on his contract? He's either got another two or three years on his contract after this year. Yeah. And uh, you know, with all due respect, we, we all love Rory, but you know, he's not playing up to Rory's standards, and maybe it's injury that's uh, curtailed him and uh, reduced him to this level. But uh, as you said, he's one of the senior players that's been letting us down. Mm. Uh, Taylor Walker, he's got another. As I understand, he's got another year on his contract worth about seven fifty grand uh, after this end of this year. And look, really, he should be retired. But you know, if I was on a contract for another year for seven fifty grand, when I put me in the bees, that's fine. <laughs> Take seven fifty and stay on. Well, this you know, is the th- this is the thing, isn't it? I mean, there's so many things that are wrong, and one of them is just the length of contracts for some of the some of the blokes that are still in the side and. You know, uh, Tex, Sloan, you mentioned, there's a few others. That, I mean, Sloan's got three years to run, as you said, and it's just like, I don't see Sloaney giving us any value during that time. Well, it's, it's certainly going to be on very reduced value. Now, maybe he might come out next year when we, if we can train properly and have, uh, yeah, well, that, that comes back to another thing that's wrong with the club. You know, we've got Matt Hass, which is Hass, Hass, or however you Hass, pronounce it. Yeah. Is it, or does it rhyme with ass, does it? 
Very well done. Very well yeah. done. And so does his and so does his fitness because I mean we have we're very unfit. Seriously, oh, yeah. we are unfit. And that's another thing I was talking about that Nick's has been handed. He's been not only are they perhaps lacking in ability, but they're lacking in fitness incredibly. Oh, yeah. And that's uh, shown by the fact that we we can put up reasonable first half in uh, most games. Yeah, and then, and, and then, then just we, then we're done. Disappear. Yeah. <laughs> now, Macca, before we. Before we Sorry. continue, Macca, and uh, you probably don't have the video up on your screen here, but... Uh, no, I don't, no. I just want to... Uh, I, I saw something on Facebook uh, this afternoon, and uh, I think we might have solved your letterbox problem because uh, a young lady in the Aberfall Park uh, community group has posted, has anyone had a letterbox stolen? It's sitting on the uh-huh. footpath at the baggy shops across from me. <laughs> And it's a nice cement number, and uh, it looks like a stylish thing that you'd be able to stick in front. And I'm just wondering, Macca, after all these years, have we finally found your letterbox? Well, it looks like Burton must have thought that it was closing in on him, and he's dumped it. <laughs> I, like, I shouldn't say that, but I suspect he did it. Yeah, anyway, look, uh, I just thought I'd post that just in case it was yours, mate, because, you know, it concerns me. That, uh... It still was a shock to me, that. <laughs> <laughs> in the middle of a car, a car too. Oh, shit. Anyway, look, let's get on to some stats, Sally, and we'll, we'll talk about the, the weekend results first of all, um, and we'll try to keep up with where the hell we actually are. Now, my stats machine played about as well as the Crows did this week so we're going to rely on AFL.com thanks uh, AFL.com and I'm also still trying to work out a a copyright situation with them with the video so there's no video again tonight but uh, we'll try and be as descriptive as possible. Thursday night Mac out, Gold Coast v Bulldogs so you know what the hell that's the 25th of bloody No, no that's better here we go Thursday August the 13th that's better um, Swannies absolutely toweling up GWS. So what's going on with GWS? Ten six sixty six to uh, GWS three seven twenty five, and uh, oh, I don't know what to make of GWS. I thought they were coming on a bit, but they've they've stalled. Well, at the beginning of the year, you and I both thought they'd be uh, dead certain he'd be around grand final time, and yes. I, 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 you know, and I was one of the, one of the biggest ones to pump up their tyres, but it's, I've certainly jumped off and. One of the reasons for that particular result was the fact that uh, Sydney played with great intensity, great intensity, mm. and mm. GWS were exactly the opposite. But, you know, it's a case, I think, that GWS seemed to think that talent will get them through. Well, that doesn't work out that way. It doesn't work out that way. And uh, I think a much less talented uh, team beat uh, a more talented team through sheer intensity and uh, also, they're young blokes quite well as well. So, and Sydney can do that to you when they're when they're on song. That they yeah. they, you know, it's that whole culture thing. But they when they're when they're switched on, irrespective of their uh, personnel, they they can put you to the sword. And uh, I, it was a very good performance by Sydney. Uh, Geelong, I'm almost prepared, Macca, to install as premiership favourites at the moment. They absolutely destroyed Port by ten goals. If you don't mind, fourteen seven ninety one. To Port four seven thirty one a margin there as I said of sixty points on the Friday night, uh, Port everything to play for and just got slaughtered. Well, I was you know I was always a, a Geelong doubter 
uh, and I think most people were. But after that particular game, you have to you have to really consider the fact that yep, they're in the premiership race, and if they could reproduce that in a final, say against Port or West Coast, whoever they or Brisbane, whoever they're playing against, uh, that'd be a big show. So yeah. yep, they're back in the race. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, looked really, really good, Port Adelaide, and um, uh, sorry, Geelong, and uh, Port with a few questions to answer. But I, to be perfectly honest with you, I just think they got beaten by a far better side. Well, they did, and it also exposed Port's weaknesses in the sense that uh, they uh, they traded off uh, Dougal Howard. I always remember he's got two Christian names and. Uh, I'm going to get it back to front. Uh, Dougal Hound, and he's a tall defender, and he would be the type, type of bloke that was necessary to play back there because mm. I was just getting outmarked by uh, just non-stop, you know, by the full forward. Yep. Um, on Saturday, North and Brisbane played a very entertaining game. Brisbane getting up by a point. Not overly convincing. North in not great form. 7-11-53, Brisbane 2 North 8452, a margin as a set of one point, but uh, Brisbane hanging in there at the moment. I think the embarrassing thing for us as a football club is the fact that North Melbourne, they, th- they threw out a heap of uh, experienced players who've been regular players and threw in a heap of young players who yeah. aren't normally playing, and yet this is the result they got. They could have easily won that game. Yes, exactly right. Um Never mind. Uh, Melbourne, uh, Collingwood in a, in a little bit of strife with just a big injury count at the moment. Melbourne 16-4-100 out of the blue against Collingwood 6-8-48. The other thing I think Macca playing into results such as this is just the how teams are managing the, um, the short turnarounds and I think Collingwood have been a bit of a victim of uh, the compressed fixture and uh, are suffering at the moment. Yes, but having said that, Melbourne have got a very good mid, uh, midfield firing at the moment as well, though. Uh, I actually uh, I had a couple of uh, bets on the weekend and uh, on the footy, and Melbourne was one of them. I was pretty sure that they would beat Collingwood because when we played against Collingwood, oh, geez, I thought Collingwood were very, very ordinary. Very yeah. ordinary. Yeah. Um, now, look, J-Mac mentions that it's uh, awfully quiet in the chat. And I just remind people, if you want to chat with us, uh, the Discord is available if you're on Discord. And even if you're not, just go to our website, um, go to the live chat section, um, a little demo on the screen there. You can listen to us while you chat. You can hook straight into the Discord chat and get and get amongst it. There's a, a few of us in there tonight, but... Uh, I have a feeling the season is starting to take its toll a bit, Macca. It's taking its toll. On our rusted on. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, it, uh, we've got uh, we've got some people watching us on Facebook and YouTube. So g'day to those people. Also on Twitch, uh, a couple. So you can chat along with us on those platforms as well. But if you're listening to the audio, uh, get amongst it. Uh, get onto our website and uh, hook in. It's very easy to do. Head down to the uh, live chat and away you go. Um, now, Macca, um, what do you think of the Carlton debacle? Did like Carlton get up by four points? I thought Frio were very stiff. Well, you know, it's been said many times that one day um, an umpire uh, umpiring mistakes will cost the team a grand final. This wasn't a grand final, but it certainly umpiring mistakes cost uh, cost them the match. Because you know, uh, Carlton yeah. should have won the game. It was Frio's game. Um, that particular incident, well, 
Yes, he did sort of tap the ball out of bounds and for the for the original free kick, but that was done about twenty seven or thirty times in a exactly. game and without, without a free kick being paid. Exactly. Then the downfield. Well, there's no doubt that uh, Brayshaw did not try to jump into him. He sort of, well, maybe he didn't pull up in time, but it wasn't a very powerful blow. And I've seen probably probably fifty yep. to seventy five percent of those not paid. Yeah. And then then the rules also state that if uh, down here. A downfield free. If the ball goes out of bounds, it comes back to exactly. the bloke defended again. Exactly. So, so firstly, that shot for goal should never have taken place. Exactly, mate. We, that's what I thought. And we, and we moved out of that particular site. Yeah. And it was Gibbons who should have been taking the ball because yep. he was the bloke that was nearest. And I, knowing the way that boy kicks a ball, he, I doubt that he would have made the different distance. And I wouldn't certainly wouldn't have backed him to kick the goal. No, that's right. Uh, what they did, they got a bloke who had a, had a beautiful leg on him, yeah. and uh, he did kick the goal, and well, he went and until they win the game. So, on many, many for counts, the goal, but uh, it, I, I'm a hundred percent with you on all of those points, mate. Hundred percent. Yeah, well, you know, it's a, it's just an interest. That's one of those cases. It just shouldn't have happened. Um, it'll be interesting to see whether uh, the AFL acknowledge it all and whether they do something about the umpire. But that'd be silly. I, that's, that's a dream, isn't it? <laughs> Don't be silly. Uh, play on. Um, St Kilda continuing along nicely. Ten eight sixty eight to Essendon five three thirty three. I didn't watch this one, did you? I believe this is a true story. I was watching the first half and I thought, this is shit. I mean, <laughs> Essendon are rubbish. So I went out and just pruning in there outside <laughs> in the garden. Pruning, pruning. Yeah, I've got uh, beautiful hydrangeas. I've got three beautiful hydrangea plants without pruning them. Very nice. And uh, at the moment, West Coast are beating Hawthorne quite comfortably, 12 80 to uh, Hawthorne, 7-7-49, with probably about five or six minutes left. Um, so it looks like we're Started to watch it and then there. again got bored because <laughs> you could see it was going to be one-sided. So I started uh, getting on Twitter and starting to abuse. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> of course, one, one match to go in round 12, that's Richmond over the Suns at the Gabba. Um, Sun's a sneaky one here, I reckon. They're due well, Gold Coast. They're due for one, I reckon. Yeah, that people are saying, you know, on form you'd say uh, Richmond on recent form, I think you'd say, but uh, no, I reckon it's a 50-50 game. Yep, yep. Uh, they've been around the mark, Gold Coast, and I reckon they're building and their youngsters are going really well at the moment. Um, Certainly so, show more intensity than we do. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's move on to the Adelaide game, and uh, the score was sixteen fifteen one 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 Western Bulldogs to the Adelaide Crows eight six fifty four. The score line probably flattering us in the end with a couple of late ones, but the Bulldogs getting up by ten goals, fifty seven points. And uh, as we mentioned, Macca, um, it looked dangerous at the start, and then we kind of pegged them back. But I felt we pegged them back against the flow without really looking convincing. So I was still very concerned at quarter time. Um, and we kind of hung around until half time, but after half time, it was just a procession. One of those goals in the first quarter was a, a classic goal where we actually moved it from the, they scored a point and we moved it all the way yep. down the ground with absolutely beautiful football, which we'd yep. love to see a replica of, which we won't. Um, <laughs> it was the only one for the day. But it was beautiful football culminating in a goal. And, uh, yeah, look, if, I know if that's what Nick wants us to do and we can do it, it's great. But we only saw it once for the day. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> Look, uh, let's go through some head-to-head, shall we? Um, yep. That kick count. Western Bulldogs, 201 kicks to Adelaide, 133, 172 handballs to 119. That's 375, uh, 373 disposals to 252. A 119, there's that number again, 119 disposal disparity in a shortened game of football. Well, it's massive, isn't it? Oh, my God. It's Unbelievable. But if you go back and tell, I saw that on Twitter, somebody posted that, and they also did that, uh, posted discrepancy for about the last three or four games. Yep. They're massive. They're massive. Now, it, it's a wonder we only won, lost by 10, uh, 10 goals, to be honest with you. Uh, Mark 78 to 50, tackles 54 to 40, even though we never had the ball. Uh, just on the tackles, Macca, it, it was. One of the things that I, I felt contributed to to their dominance around stoppage was their body size. And contributing to our low tackle count was the amount of times that our tackle technique was poor, but we simply didn't have the strength to stick those tackles, whereas Western Bulldogs tackling was not only intense, but it was also technically very, very good. Yeah, well, you've got to really wrap, wrap them up. You just can't put, try and tackle them with one arm or just with your hands. You've got to do the whole arm bit. Well, you've got to get your shoulder into it, don't you? And uh, yep. you stick an arm out, it's going to get brushed off. But they had the ability to brush our tackles, and yet when they tackled, they'd take an arm, they'd bring us to ground. Um, yeah, it was very noticeable for mine. Uh, hitouts 45 to 20 in our favour. Now, a lot of people criticising Riley O'Brien for not being able to tap the ball down someone's throat. But, Macca... I wonder if you'll agree with me on this because I felt that our midfield were very, very reactive and <clears throat> were not reading um, the the bounce and the likely areas that Riley was going to hit it as a result of where the bounce went. Hard to say, really. Um, we didn't get it enough, <laughs> that's for certain. No. I thought Riley O'Brien was very good, actually. I thought he yeah. was one of, our, one of our bright points for the day. Um, yeah. And... In terms of effort, I think probably look he if everybody modelled themselves in, in on him in terms of effort, we wouldn't yeah. get beaten. Yeah, he he's a hundred percent plus. Yeah. And uh, no, I, I won't disagree with what you're saying, but I just think that they, I mean, they have blokes like Jack McRae who he can get a ball off of anybody. Um, Young Smith, who's going to be the, an absolute star. With a couple of others here. But I just felt like... Bond, of course, yeah. I just felt like our midfielders were speculating. Um, You know, you can usually tell, if you know your Ruckman, which they should do by now, you can usually tell, based on where the ball is is bounced and how, how, you know, the angle that it flies up, because it's really dead straight... You can usually tell what areas the ruckman is going to hit it. He'll have certain, he'll favour certain areas, and then based on where the ball is, you you run to those areas. Whereas I felt like our midfielders went to where they wanted the ball to go, instead of where it was actually going to go. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah, I do understand what you mean. Whereas, uh, as J Mac quite <coughs> correctly says in the chat, that Bont and Pelly, he read uh, O'Brien's taps very well indeed. Oh yeah, all day. All day. I mean, if, you know, our blokes wanted to get a clearance, all they had to do was follow Bontempelli around. But that that was the point. I just felt like our midfielders were lazy because 
they went to where they wanted Riley to hit it instead of where he could hit it or was likely to hit it. And as a consequence, it just opened up. And I've enjoyed the fact that we haven't been playing man-on-man over the last three or four games. That's been a positive in my opinion. But if you're going to play that that loose style of um, centre set setup, then you've got to actively read the play. And I, I just felt like we were um, we were lazy because we weren't prepared to actually get into the right positions. Well, let, I was really disappointed with Leo, and you know, as a midfielder, I was watching where he's standing. I thought he's never going to be involved in the play. When no, he's that's standing. well, that, that's kind of what I mean. It, it looked like. No, it just looked like they'd practiced during the week, right, Riley, you're going to hit it there, there and there, which is all well and good when the ball's going straight up in the air and the and the opposition ruckman is a tackle bag. But, you know, <laughs> yes. but that's not reality. And the reality is you've got to be able to read the flight, you've got to be able to look at the hand, like the angle of how where he's coming in from, and you've got to think, all right, well, he usually hits, you know, 45 degrees to the left or, Absolutely. He, or Absolutely. he puts it down yeah. down behind. So they're the two spots relative to where the where the ball is. And our guys didn't seem to want to put themselves there. And you know, I think it it's doing uh, Riley a, a big disservice by by pinning the the disparity in centre clearances on him because you don't win the the ball um, you don't win the hitouts twenty five more times in a losing team by 60 points and and be out, and it's not your fault. Do you know what I mean? I, I, there's three other blokes in there and they should have been able to work it out. And the simple fact is that I, I felt that they were lazy and they didn't really want to work it out. I don't know whether you... Whether, it could be lazy, but I'm thinking more stupid. Well, lazy, stupid. You know, lacking football intelligence and where to be and what to do. Um, Barney the Crab in the chat. Why the bloody hell are our players giving five metres off their opponent on out on the outside of stoppages and contested situations? Um, Which is one of the points I was referring to with Laird, for example. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. They weren't in dangerous positions, in my opinion. Um, and around stoppage, it was noticeable as well, as, as Barney points out. I don't mind. I, I'm actually very relieved to see that we've gone away from this... Um, this man, body up man on man situation in the centre stoppage. I don't know about you, Macca, but I think it gives us an opportunity. And over the last three weeks, we've seen some very good centre clearances by Benny Keys and Rory Laird and a couple of others. But you're not always going to get silver service from your ruckman, and this is I, I think I think this is where they fell down today. They were looking for silver service from Riley instead of act actively supporting him by getting to his hit zones. Yeah, and but also, um, I think they also haven't played against. I, I think a midfield as strong as this, and uh, no. and oh, so sometimes you have, you have to play a little bit more defensively against when you're playing against real quality. That's that, that is in top form, and and uh, all their midfielders have been in top form of late. Yeah, well, and not only that, uh, they got a fair bit of run in those centre stoppages. They got a fair bit of run off half back as well. They had blokes running through all the time, and our blokes weren't following them through, and it was just a bit of a bloody disaster, really. But anyway, uh, let's push on. Uh, what else have we got here? Um, uh, clearances forty-four to nineteen. Uh, embarrassment. It's embarrassing, embarrassing. Um, and we'll break those down in a little moment. 
Rebound 50s, obviously we had a lot more because uh, it was in there. The inside 50, 61 to 32, which is obviously a pure result of our um, our, our lack of giving a, a yelp <laughs> in in the middle and around stoppage. Um, you know, contested possessions. We didn't even break 100 contested possessions for the game. 138 Western Bulldogs, 99 Adelaide. Uncontested possessions, though, and this is where I think this was where the fitness factor showed up, Macca. 236 to 146. That's a 90 possession disparity in uncontested possessions. That, that, mm. that's, that's fitness pure and simple, in my opinion. Yeah, it is. It's, it's uh, having the ability to, to push yourself through the pain barrier just to keep running to open spaces and, and give the opportunity to uh, uh, keep the ball moving quickly. And you, if you run to... Even when you're bugging, if you run to the open spaces and, and, they, and give, give the, a lead, so then that creates the next one and so yep. on. And that's what they were doing to us. Yep. They were prepared to work hard, and we weren't. Oh, 100%. 100%. We weren't prepared and I, to I, work. I, I don't think we by, had it in us, to be honest. Well, Nick, Nick's made the comment. He said, and this is what really made, did distress me, because if he's right, he said, no, he said, uh, a lot of people said our players aren't trying. He said, they are. They, they're giving everything they've got. I thought, well, fuck me. <laughs> we, we are really rooted, to be honest. Because yeah. if, they, if that's, if that's what they, well, they've got to give, we're in trouble. I, I would. I, there's trying and then there's trying, Mac. And uh, I, I think Nick's is being a bit kind on a couple of players. Uh, you can't tell me that Paul Seedsman was trying today. And we'll get to individuals a little later, but he's just one. Poor you effort. can't tell me that Paul Seedsman was trying today. He... Played scared, he didn't he didn't put his body on the line at all. He didn't uh, use any pace. Um, he was going through the motions, in my opinion. He was not interested, not interested today. No, he certainly wasn't switched on. I thought he had a very poor effort. Yeah, uh, and and it's disappointing. He's he's a senior player, Mac. He's a talented senior. player. Well, he is a talented player, and I think he's he's a good player in a. Um, Oh, in a in a team where look, I think I think he's got some. I think he's there's some use for Paul Seedsman, similar to an Isaac Smith or a um, who's uh, no, a Ricky a Henderson. That, that's a good comparison. A Ricky Henderson, you know, Clarkson will probably forgive Ricky Henderson for not going hard. Although I, I felt Henderson, since he's moved to Hawthorne, has, has straight lined the ball a bit more than what he used to at Adelaide. Toughened, yeah, toughened up compared to what we had. Yeah, but their main their main um, weapons are their their run through the line and their ability to kick the ball line in the forward fifty. And Paul Seedsman, I think, for us has that value playing off a wing. But in a team where we're struggling and we're getting killed on the inside and on ground ball and all the rest of it, it really exposes a bloke like Seedsman if his mind's not on the job because he just will not put his body in. And I, I, I felt like he played soft today, Seedsman. I really do. He did. I agree. Um, what else is there? Effective disposals, 280 to 180. Um, clangers were about even. Contested marks, um, not two or 10 to 5. Marks inside 50, 17 to 3, if you don't mind. That's what you call silver service from your fo- from your midfield. Um, and, you know, it wasn't just... The last couple of times we've been beaten in centre clearances, Mac, we've done a right in stoppage. 
Um, but this week we got towed in both 19.6 in centre clearances and 25 to 13 in stoppage. So, um, you know, it, it was just a complete breakdown of the um, of the ruck um, system and setup. Well, yeah, I still think it goes back to the, the quality of their midfield against the quality of our midfield, and uh, I still think that the best I, our, our midfield could have and probably should have done for the day is been really intense and making sure they didn't get the ball. Just, yep. you know, just I mean, would have been happy after scrimmage after scrimmage after scrimmage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so look, look, really, I mean, every other stat stem, in my opinion, stems from that. Uh, midfield dominance uh, both at centre and around the contest Um, we let them get outside too easily and we didn't set up well defensively and really I mean we're chasing Guernseys all day chasing Bulldogs all day and you know there are a couple of poor efforts down back and our forward 50 is still a bit of a uh, concern but but Nick's has got to sort this midfield out he's got to sort it out because right now it's failing. Oh, definitely failing. Definitely I mean, failing. It's uh, been failing for a month, six weeks, all season, really. I don't see any answers, though, Fane. That's the problem. Well, it, it, look, it's probably personnel to a large degree, but that's the disappointing part, Macca, because for a lot of those rotations, we had Sloan, we had Matt Crouch. You know, these are experienced guys. Matt Crouch is is a best and fairest winner. Rory Sloan is a captain of the club. These are experienced men who have played against Bontempelli and the like for the last God knows how many seasons. This wasn't anything new. Western Bulldogs' intensity in the contest shouldn't have been any new, anything new to any of our experienced players. You know, it's not rocket science. And yet, these blokes were ineffective. They were absolutely ineffective. Uh, they did nothing to try and stop the Western Bulldogs' flow all game, and they got made to look second rate, and they ought to be embarrassed. I think the you know I really think you know we've got five more games to play for the season, Fee, and mm. I think we're going to get this for basically for the next five as well because we keep losing uh, good players uh, through through to injury. That's the first thing. Yeah. Yeah. Seems like anybody that can get a kick gets hurt, yeah. um, and then on top of that. Uh, what the players that we field, there's not very many of them that can ever walk off the ground with their head held up high. No. Um, and then you look at what the coach has got to coach them with when you've got uh, Benny Hart and yeah. uh, uh, what's his name, Godden. Um, and then yeah. on Riley. top of it, and then you've got uh, the fitness coach who I think has done a very poor job in, in yeah. turning the players out. So I don't think he's got any weapons. That's the problem. I think no, he's, none whatsoever. None and the poor, the poor goose has to line up every after every game, and yeah. I don't, you know, what Try do you to say? polish a turd, basically, is what he has to do. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what it boils down to. You well, you can't to, even yeah. polish it; you just scrape yeah. a bit of the roughness <laughs> off. <laughs> Quite intimate knowledge of the texture of a turd, there, Mac. Um, <laughs> no, but you're right; it has it, got nothing. And look. It wouldn't actually surprise me if the Adelaide Crows have, have written this season off. Um, and I, it, to some degree, I feel like um, the whole club is in reset mode and I think they're trying to minimise expenditure during this reset mode. I mean, you, there's no yeah, reason. Right. Yeah, right. 
There, there's no reason for us to have a, a skeleton crew as a, as a coaching panel this year. The other other clubs have got essentially their normal coaching panel, you know, and probably dropped off some support people. But but we're a shell. We we don't have Mick Godden's the only one that's hung around, and I'm sure he's taken a pay cut to be there. Um, you know, we're an absolute shell, and. I think from a fitness perspective, I think we've had to do a reset because we've previously overloaded our players. Um, and it was very sad to see uh, Andy McPherson go down with a hammy again. Um, yeah. But, you know, uh, you know, we lost Hamill and we lost um, Dude. And I think had we not lost those two players, I think McPherson would have been... Well, he was definitely due arrest because you must, you must have thought that... Uh, McPherson with his hamstrings he's like he just needed to be managed a little bit more with this condensed schedule he, had, he actually had a rest last uh, the match before this one yeah but, but it's only uh, five days only five I know days. And, that, and that is the problem that, that, that it's really just not having a rest it's, it's like playing normal week after week yeah yeah and I you know I mean hindsight's a beautiful thing I don't I don't blame the club for for picking Andy McPherson I think they, their hand was pretty much forced because of those outs. Um, and I think uh, Jake Kelly showed that he's nothing more than a depth player in that defence because, my goodness me, uh, we'll talk about him in a little while, but he was woeful. I wouldn't even put him in as a depth player. I mean, I've half defended him in the past, but by God, has he, has he lost me now? He's really oh, lost Oh, he just he looked like a player sadly out of touch. But I, I think I don't think that the uh, schedule has helped us at all because it has a lot... What are you supposed to do? This this season and this schedule is really designed for a team who A is in the window. Yep. B has a good fitness base. C has good depth and D has a bit of luck. Now we yeah. don't have any we don't have any of those things. No, and we don't have the even have the basic support that the other teams have. So. That's correct. So and I think you made a comment earlier that you said that uh, you think that the club has written this season off. I've no doubt they've written this season off. Yeah. And I've, I've got no doubt there's many, many factors in play here. Yeah. One of the factors in play is the fact that they've had to pay out the coach. Yeah. They've had to pay out uh, Burton and yep. God knows who else have had to pay out. And that all, that all comes out of the uh, soft cap. And yes. that's why uh, poor old uh, coach, he's got nobody to help him really yeah. because well, the, all the money's gone elsewhere. So well, I think that that's I, this season, I'd say he's going to get nothing, and that's the way it's going to be. And then when we start the new season, when we start the new soft yeah. year, uh, well, then he he will be allowed to get appropriate uh, assistant coaches, and he might yeah. even get uh, somebody to sit by his side. And we may, and hopefully we'll, we'll flick out Hassan Ars or whatever his name is, and uh, get a decent uh, fitness coach. Yeah, well, look, I think the only value of this year is getting pumping a few games into kids, but you know these that's kids it. are getting that's smashed it. at the moment. But it's match fitness. But uh, that's that's my view as well, mate. I think it's exactly that. Um, off the field, it's a financial reset. Uh, yep. On the field, I don't think they envisage it to be such a train wreck at the beginning of the season. But certainly, once once the season was compromised after round one, I would certainly have thought that the club's gone, you know what, let's just pack it in for this year. So Yeah, and they may have actually even had it in mind to try and get down to, uh, down to, get, uh, to pick one so that they can uh, uh, hopefully get some quality and that yeah. brings them to play 
the question mark against the list management team. I mean, yeah. Reed Reed was just uh, appointed that position just because he was Ruse Ruse manager, yeah. not not based on any uh, particular skill in that particular position. And no you look at it, if, if I was thinking myself today, if you go through our last three years, number one and two draft picks, I don't think any of them are playing today. So who's that? Sorry. Uh, apart from the fact of the Macasey, who's really not ready for it. Yeah. Um, sorry, not leaving this year out of it. Oh, yeah. We did, we did have our an, an numbers one and two in there. No. But if you go back the, to the three years before that, I don't think any of our number one and two picked for playing. Face out, um, McHenry out, Duda yeah. out, um, Miller out, um, Fogarty out. Yep. Uh, that's probably about it. Yeah, so you're right. You're right. Yeah, um, so whereas that, where the other teams, are, by now, you saw, you saw young Smith, this is his uh, second year of uh, AFL football. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it makes a hell of a difference, Mac. It really does. And, um, you know, I, I think the best we can hope for is just to get out of the season alive <laughs> and hit the draft. And their, their draft... Strategy um, and their trading strategy at the end of the season is going to be very, very, very interesting. And, uh, of course, we'll be all over it, won't we, Macca? Let's look at some well, individual players. I'd say one thing on that, There's, mm. just uh, before we move on. Um, yeah. Ren, Matt Rendell, there's big rumours that um, he might be around the place uh, pretty soon uh, in that situation in terms of list management. Well, he got cut by, um, got cut by um, Collingwood, of course. And, no, he got, uh, he, he, well, yeah, he did, but I mean, he, when he got, we got cut from us, that was very unfair. I thought what happened to him there. Well, that was a stitcher, absolutely a stitcher. So, um, so unfair. Yeah, but uh, look, he did get. He's no longer on the um, uh, Collingwood. Sorry. He's no longer on the Collingwood staff. No, and Barn, as, as I said last week, is not or the week before, isn't not on Richmond uh, anymore either. No, and uh, you know, mate, it's um, it's one of those. Oh, what's going on here? It's one of those situations. Apologies for people if uh, that just hitched up a little bit. Um, it's one of those situations where there are opportunities um, and there are personnel around. Um, a matter. I, look, I was talking to uh, a, a guy that I work with. Macca has worked with some Aussie Rules football team. He's originally a um, uh, from England. He was a successful long distance runner. He's now uh, in the uh, he has his own personal training business, and he's actually worked with North Adelaide and uh, another SNFL team that um, I forget, as well as some individuals. And his comment. He's a port man, so I don't like him terribly much. But his comment was, if he was the Adelaide Crows staff, he'd be already running him through a uh, pre-season fitness program, starting from now. Yeah, that's not, that's not silly. That's not silly. No, because there's, there's no doubt that we started behind the eight ball uh, at the beginning of the season. We've got a lot of conditioning to put into these kids. They just looked so far behind it. Um, obviously, the season is lost, so... You may as well start a lengthened pre-season to try and catch up, fitness and de- and physical development wise, to at least make some inroads next season, and also to give these young kids a bit more of a chance physically, to be able to put their best foot forward. 
Well, that's certainly not not happening at the moment, and uh, no. the fitness base is uh, is very poor. Uh, having said that, I did I did like the the young lad. Um, how do you pronounce it? Schoenfeld? Schoenberg. Schoenberg, sorry. Um, I think it was Schoenfeld there for a minute. Um, yeah, I, I think he, I think that kid's got it. Oh, yeah. DSG in the chat says tapering for finals. Yeah, we're tapering for finals in 2024, <laughs> DSG. <laughs> it's the longest taper in bloody sports history. <laughs> Let's uh, look like at some... It. Let's look at some individual stats. And as I mentioned at the outset, Matty Crouch had 27, 12 and 15, uh, three marks, three tackles, uh, 15 contested possessions, so a little bit more inside this week from Matt, but only one centre clearance to go along with five stoppage clearances. Um, and I felt like, um, among a couple of others, uh, Western Bulldogs midfield ran off him all day. Yep. Um, ben and Keys, I thought... Tried hard, but probably wasn't as effective um, as in previous weeks. Fourteen and nine for twenty-three posies, four marks, two tackles. Um, oh, I'll give him a great big tick. He busts his guts. He really does. Oh, he busts, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No doubt about that. But I just felt like he wasn't as as effective. If you know. Yeah, but I like there's one. I can remember one situation where he was he was really belted down to the ground. He was hurting. Mm-hmm. And the ball came along, and he was the next person. He got up straight away, and he was the person that got the ball when it came down there again. Oh, he's a so, tough, he's a tough nut. No question yeah. about that. No question. Um, Brody Smith, fourteen and four for eighteen, took four marks, uh, three inside fifties, five rebound fifties. Um, only went at sixty-six percent disposal efficiency, a couple of turnovers, um, but had a couple of score involvements uh, as well. Just another. Bit of a game from Brody. Um, I think he's another one that that uh, benefits from a strong midfield to distribute. I think his strength along with Seisman. And look, when we were playing really well, we had Seisman and Smith running off those half-back lines, Mac, and we could use their strengths and use their laser kicks and their run. And I think Brody's had his time running through the midfield. It hasn't really worked. And uh, he just is a, a wing-come-half-back flanker. Yeah, when we go to the draft, we we um, I know that they they're really in is it Tilthorpe or whatever his name is that uh, uh, Riley Tilthorpe. Yeah, yeah, um, and uh, you know there's, there is a question mark whether he really is the number one or not. But I don't think he's our number one requirement is to get the very best midfielder in the land. That's what they have to get. Um, yeah. I, Look, I've seen a bit of Riley Tilthorpe, and yes, he is playing against men, but uh, I don't think he's worth our first pick or our second pick, to be honest. I think Riley might Riley might go late first round, early second at best. I think um, it might be the GWS pick that gets him. Looking at, at the moment, mate, it's the least of our problems, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's the least of our true. problems. DSG in the chat asks uh, whether we're going to get Corey back uh, around draft time. Um, no junior footy. Look, DSG, the whole... No junior footy thing makes it a little bit difficult. Um, and that's why and I will cover this further down towards uh, the end of the season, Mac, but yeah. I, uh, I'm i a little bit of a proponent for taking two picks and getting the hell out of the draft and trading into next year's draft. How do you, what do you think about that? Say that again? You... I would... I would prefer this draft is such a crapshoot 
And to be honest with you, apart from, apart from one or two players, it doesn't fill me with a huge amount of confidence. And it's not a very good draft to have a lot of first-rounders. It's not the same as 2018 or 2019. No, you haven't got revealed form. That's... Haven't got revealed form, and to be honest with you, those lads that are draft age this year, they've had a year out of footy. You know, yeah. they might have been playing a bit of school footy or college footy or whatever, but essentially they've had a year out of footy. So they're going to take a year's worth of development longer than what a normal number one or first round draft pick would take. I would take quality. There's a couple of quality players in there that would be able to get. But I wouldn't mind the Crows actually trading out of this draft and trying to really set themselves up for the 2021 draft. I don't know. I just think our, our needs are just so much. Uh, we need so much. Uh, and then we've got so many bad players, so many players. I see I see this uh, probably the reverse here. I, I think this is where, where we... Because we have a situation where we've got a couple of academy type picks that were linked to it, yeah, and and a father son type situation, Maybe. and we've got we've got to pick one. And I trade Brad. See, I think the Brad Crouch situation flexible. I think the club are quite happy to trade him if it means that he gets a contract big enough to get us a pick two. But I reckon that if he, if that doesn't occur, that the contract isn't big enough to do that, they're not going to let, let him go for a second round. They'd keep they'll keep him. Yeah, um, a bit of. Uh... Um, and probably rightly so, a bit of opposition in my thoughts there. Surf, uh, Surf Soz, uh, says it's going to delay everything. I, I've gone through the draft a little bit, or you know, a few of the few of the articles on the draft, and there's a lot of not really pure midfielders in there. There's a couple. Poulter from West Torrens is actually running up the charts in a big way. There's a young lad from uh, WA who I really like the look of. And, of course, there's that other lad that did his ACL and um, his Holland's, uh, Ben Hollands' son, um, who looks a standout. But um, aside from that, there's a lot of halfback flankers, a lot of small forwards, a lot of half forwards, a few underdone tools. And to be honest with you, not a lot of the actual type of player that we need. And I just feel like there's... We've we've got those academy guys, um, and we've got the maybe we get Luke um, Edwards in as well. Um, I don't know. I think there's a bit of scope to try and get in, uh, get another pick in next year's first round. To be honest with well, you, and that, well, the other thing I think too, Pete, is that for years, like virtually every year, you know, there's other teams have had a crack at our players and successfully got them. And particularly when they're bottom size like Carlton, they've always used the threat uh, of the uh, pre-season draft if we don't play ball with them and, and you know, sell our uh, players for what for less than they're worth. Mm. I would be absolutely shattered if the, if the Adelaide Football Club didn't approach a pretty reasonable player offering whatever's necessary, and like an out-of-contract one, and tell him, tell them, they're not. They're not going to trade for him. They want to get him in the PSD. And uh, won't happen, mate. Won't, well, won't happen. That they'd have to be his weakest piss not to do it. Yeah. Well, how are they going to manufacture it though? Um. They, they, no, there will be there will be players available. You know, like de- pretty half decent players available, and somebody that they think would be a real asset to our side in terms of what we're really lacking. Um. And uh, I'm sure that that that, that could be done. Because they reckon there will be a lot of players changing clubs this year, and 
I would be all for that. The fact is payback time. I mean, the Carlton did that last year. They got the the, the, the half forward bloke from uh, uh, the Gold Coast. Yeah. In other words, they offered peanuts, 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 so the trade couldn't be done, and then got him for nothing. Yeah. Look, I, uh, that that they were lucky though because he wanted to go to them. He wanted to go to them, and he put a stupid price on his head that um, that uh, wasn't going to be matched, and it just fell there. I don't, look, I don't know, Mac. I, we, I don't think we're going to have the cap, the cap space to be able to do that. We've got some big salaries still on our list. Um, so, you know, we might have to pay out a year of Texas contract. We've got three years' worth of Sloan. Uh, we've got the Crouch boys if they stay, and I'd like... It's going to we're be still play, and we're still playing some of Jenkins. We're, we're <laughs> still paying fucking Jenkins. Oh my god! And we're in Eddie Betts as well. Um, I so think Eddie's, know, Eddie's ends at the end of this year. I think ends of this year. Yeah. Anyway, that's a conversation for further down the track. But it's an interesting yep. discussion, and I'm really interested to hear and and read the uh, various opinions um, on Discord. It'll be a really good discussion um, closer to the time and. Uh, you know, I, I certainly don't say that I'm right or wrong on this one, but it's just my impression, having looked through the draft, that eh, I don't know. Anyway, let's continue. Uh, and it's embarrassing for the Crows that the fourth, fourth highest disposal getter for the game was Riley O'Brien with 17, uh, five kicks, 12 handballs, six marks, 38 hitouts, four tackles, 11 contested possessions, um, three contested marks, four score involvements. Um, four intercept possessions, 91% time on ground. Best on ground by the length of the Flemington straight. I don't care what anyone says. Well, not best on ground, for but best for us. us. I mean, yeah, best for us. Yeah. Um, and, well, there's no uh, dispute. Yeah, there is no dispute. Uh, him and Keys will be uh, line ball for the, uh, for the Malcolm Blight at this stage. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, Rory Sloan uh, fell off a cliff a little bit this week. Only sixteen touches, seventeen and uh, seven and nine. Only two marks, four tackles, which is disappointing. Um, only five contested possessions for Rory, um, and only uh, what's that? He had five score involvements, but only two eighty nine meters gained. Um, just wasn't around it. Rory Sloan fifteen touches, wasn't around it. Harry Schoenberg, 15 touches, uh, one mark, one inside 50, uh, one rebound 50, six contested possessions, winner 80% disposal efficiency, four score involvements. Maka, it's his, it's his decision-making with ball in hand that I really, really like. 100% agree with him. I do like the lad. I just, it's just I mean, it's, to be that cheeky, to get to... Uh, a midfielder this quality and to get that, those sort of numbers being, uh, what was it, his second or third game? Third and, game, uh, Third game. I mean, yeah, he was good. And uh, he would have been in our best players. I, I, I like his game. He's got a very good feel for the contest and he doesn't get flustered in traffic. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. And he's very, very creative with his disposal. He always puts the ball to the advantage of a teammate. Uh, really like the look of him. Um Luke Brown, 14 touches, um, didn't do much up forward. Uh, Miles Paholke, I wish they'd actually... They gave him a little bit of a run in the middle, but I would have liked to have seen him a little bit more. Um, but certainly went, uh, did the best he could leading up. Um, certainly 
contested them. I'd certainly give him another game. Uh, he deserves to have another game. I think he deserves to play out the season, Miles Bahoki. I really do. Because, uh, you know, you look down the list and you've got Lockie Murphy again only with the eight touches. Um, Tex Walker did bugger all. I, you know what I'd like to see? If they, if they don't want to play Fogg, and uh, I couldn't believe that they kept Fogg, uh, kept Tex in and dropped Fogg, but if you're not going to, if you don't want to play Fogg, you shouldn't be playing Tex. I reckon get Benny Davis in there, leave um, <clears throat> leave Paholke in there as a lead up forward if you don't want to play him in the midfield, and actually hand the keys over to someone else because I tell you what, Tex Walker. I said this two weeks ago, mate. You haven't been on for a couple of weeks, but two weeks ago, I said to, said that Tex Walker should retire right now. And nothing that he's done since then has changed my mind. No, I tweeted that myself about two weeks ago, and uh, yep. just said basically let him. I'd let him play his two hundred games, um, yep. and then that that would be it. Well, surely that's the only reason he's getting selected at the moment. I mean, but he, probably he's got another bloody year's contract. That's the whole problem. Yeah, but he can't play next season. He just cannot play, and if he stays on the list, they cannot pick him. Because we are killing Darcy Fogarty and we are essentially giving up a spot on our, in our 22 every week because Taylor, as, as much as he tries, and I don't ever think that Taylor doesn't try, but he's just not physically capable anymore. No, he's not. Definitely not. You know, and look, I know, I know a lot of people that listen to this podcast will agree that Tex has been the life and soul of this club for a long time, been through a lot, loves the club, etc., etc., etc. But I'm telling you right now, if Tex Walker loves the club, right, then Tex Walker needs to fall on his sword right now and call it a day. I'm quite happy for him to get to 200 because it gives him life membership or whatever. You know, that's fine, yep. whatever. AFL membership, yeah. That, that's fine. He, he probably deserves 200. He had bad luck with his ACL early, early in his career. But he cannot think that he still deserves a place in the 22 based on form, in my opinion. Uh, oh, it, no, he it's doesn't. just impossible well, he for him to think that. He and, for a long time. Uh, no, meanwhile, we've got Fogarty, who can't break into the team, and when he is in the team, is playing second fiddle to a bloke who plays exactly the same sort of game. We've got Benny Davis, who, who has played two games the whole time that he's been here. Who knows whether Ben Davis would be a good forward, mate? We wouldn't know, would we? <laughs> he should. He's well, like with Lynch had. He certainly should have been given a go. He should have been. Uh, uh, there, there were thoughts he could be the replacement link man for Lynch, and well, yeah. the poor bugger can't. He can't prove it. But uh, I noticed in the chat that somebody was raised uh, uh, Benny Davis, and he said, "Yeah, he needs to work on some things." Was Nick's reply? Well, uh, look, I feel very sorry for Benny Davis because he's had two games. One last year where. I think it was against Hawthorne, I'm not sure, but he was out of his depth in that particular game. Um, and the, he had one game of round one, actually. Um, yeah. And I thought he wasn't too bad. No, that's so, right. And got dropped. And look, Shane McAdam has to work on a few things. Tyson Stengel has to work on a few things. Every every kid in the team has to work on a few things. But yep. he's not going to learn. He's not going to get any value about uh, playing 10-minute a quarter scratch matches. Get him in the yeah. side. What is the value? You can't tell me that Tex is on there for leadership and, and experience because half the time you see our blokes all leading to the same spot. 
bloody Himmelberg and Walker and um, uh, sometimes the Ruckman all going to the same spot. So this, well, uh, if Tex had any bloody experience to show, he'd be getting them to, to separate. So I'm, we're not getting any value from Tex at all at the moment. I feel for Ben Davis. I really do. Yeah, well, look, I, as I, they just corrected me, it, is, it was G, uh, against the Cats at Cardinia Park, which is not the place. That was his first did. game. That was his first game. But his yeah. second game was uh, in round one, like you said, and he didn't play too badly. No, no worse than McCannum's first game. And no, not, a, not at all. We'll, um, we'll, we'll, delist, we'll delist Ben Davis, Mac, and you watch, he'll bob up as a uh, delisted free agent on another list, and he'll get games. I could see him bobbing up in a team like Hawthorne or a team like Sydney and being a really uh, handy third-tall option. Uh, it, it'll happen. Uh, I, feel, I really feel for him. I think he's been hard done by at Adelaide. Um uh, who else? Uh, David McKay, a uh, little under his career average uh, with only 11 touches. Um, made I thought a couple of blues. 11 touches weren't too bad today, actually. Well, he made a couple of blues, but he tried really hard to um, to make up for them. Um, yep. uh, certainly wasn't our worst, but as usual is the case with David McKay, he just does not get involved often enough. Um, no, correct, correct. Uh, McCannum uh, showed you know flashes, and I think that's, Largely what we'll get from Shane McAdam, which isn't terrible. Uh, Kyle Hardigan was pretty average, got towed up along with Talia um, by uh, Norton and the other tolls down there. Looked all at sea, Hardigan, to be honest. Uh, Lockie Murphy, all effort, no no, uh, no impact, as is always the case with Lockie Murphy. Never never doubt his endeavour, but uh, it just doesn't impact the game enough for mine. What really shits me is that... It's standard for him. He misses a set shot from 25, 30 metres out straight in front every week. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, when you're having that low amount of impact um, uh, on the game, and Death's just pointed out in the chat that we're mathematically out of finals, which is a shock to everyone, um, then uh, I've forgotten what I was saying. (laughs) Uh, Anyway... um, Oh, Lucky Shoals looking a bit tired, um, too light for mine. Um, yeah, he didn't do it. Yeah, I think, I think uh, he, he's very he, light, he, he, was, he was pretty good up, up until today, but I didn't, I didn't think he was up to to it today. Uh, oh, that's what I was going to say on Hardigan. Uh, surely Geordie Butts gets a run. Please, can we give Geordie Butts a run this season? Can we do that? What do you reckon? Well, Geordie Butts would be the nice. Oppor- the opportunity is there to put him in. Um, well, with um, Andy McPherson going down and, and Duty out for the season, Hamill probably another one or two away. Um, uh, the Cubs getting a bit bare down back, um, unfortunately. Um, so I would I would imagine that we might see uh, Chase Jones come back in off, off a half back, but I wouldn't mind seeing Geordie Butts come in as well. Um, Jake Kelly will get picked next week, but by God, that was a he'd be very disappointed with that game. Very disappointed with that game. Well, but probably not as much as me. I thought he was shocking, absolutely shocking. Yeah, he made a, he, his judgment was off. He made some poor skill errors. He made some poor decisions. Um, his opponent got goals, and uh, just a forgettable game by Jake. Uh, the other the the problem with Jake as well um, is that when we don't have today, we need Jake to be that intercepting uh, third tall 
down back and you'll notice he just doesn't anticipate he'll tend to gravitate to the pack rather than try to cut across the front and it's something that we really lack when you know we lost it with lever and then dude came along and he provided it as well um and you know without being stupid andy otten when he was playing used to provide that for us as well but it's something that we really lack and that needs to be part of um jake's repertoire and unfortunately it's not um well yeah, well, anybody who is the intercept, uh, interceptor, of, mm. I guess is what they're called, uh, they, sit, they generally float across, uh, as you say, from the side, coming across the side in the front of the pack. And, uh, yeah. That's certainly not how he plays, no. No. Um, we've talked about Walker. Himmelberg um, tried, um, but it's a, it was a, a slight lesser game uh, than the previous couple of weeks. But... Uh, Probably can be forgiven, given we were dominated in the midfield. Fisher McAsee, uh, unsighted, um, struggling to make any impact at all. Mac uh, and nearly took a nice mark, and he did a yeah. nice tackle. I can't remember much about, about his game. Yeah. We've got to remember with Fish that he's just a kid. He's eighteen or nineteen. Uh, he's just a kid. He's a he's a a young key position player. I think the jury's still out about whether he's a forward or a back. Uh, I think I think I genuinely think he can play either, but when you're playing in a team of spuds like us at the moment, it's not going to be easy. Yeah, um Surfsoz in the in the chat says he's worried about McCasey. I I'm not worried about Maxey at all. I just think he's a kid. He's just a kid. Yeah, um, I agree. He's not in the same physical class as say the King brothers from last year. Uh, he's probably he's he's almost a little undersized, Macca, which worries me just a little bit. I'd like him to be another couple of centimetres tall. Um, but his hands are good and he reads the play well and I think he's got a good football brain. I, I think he just needs some physical conditioning. Yeah, just a little bit of time, a little bit of body, more body. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He'll be all right long term. Yeah. And uh, Talia had a, a forgettable day too, uh, along with... Um, Hardigan on Norton they got cleaned up down back but uh, as we mentioned Bulldogs getting a lot of good service so you know not, to, not a lot else to say you know Maka it's one of those situations where it was very easy we got done in the midfield we got absolutely torched in the midfield it exposed our weaknesses down back and we would I, I feel like we're a bit unbalanced up forward and uh, that didn't help when we were already getting fairly bad service from the midfield. No, the interesting thing is, though, if you, just say, for example, if we gave them our midfield and we took their midfield, um, you, you would reverse the result of the game, well, <laughs> no Norton, doubt. Norton doesn't kick a bag with our midfield. Um, they don't get anywhere near the service. Um, they don't. They don't... You know, we scored a couple of breakaway goals uh, as well, um, but there was no effort by us to, to close up the corridor, uh, shut down their run, get back behind the ball. There was none of that, you know. Now, you can put that down to coaching and all that, but I, I, I still think it's just plain and simple as fitness. I think our, our whole situation comes down to two factors, Mac. One is the inexperience and uh, lack of physical development of our juniors. And the second thing is that our seniors have just forgotten how to play football. 
Yeah, you can't argue with any of that, really, because our seniors aren't, aren't playing good footy and, uh, uh, and and the whole side conks out after about two quarters. So uh, you can't argue with what you say. No. Look, um, you know, we could probably, probably just finish off uh, the podcast today just with a little bit of a discussion on our situation in terms of our list. Um, we've got a couple of minutes. Um the biggest worry, I think, for me, Macker, is the failure in the 2019 draft. Um, uh, Jones and McHenry, they've, they've that's, that's really a, got uh, to That's the 2018 draft. Uh, 18 draft, sorry. We blew it. Absolutely blew it. Um, we started in that, in that particular draft uh, ahead of Port Adelaide with every pick. And we did nothing, and we just sat there with our picks and... Uh, Port Adelaide went out there and, and uh, I recently read a history or a litany of, the, of all the moves that they made mm. to get to where they then, with their three picks, mm. got themselves ahead of us in, in, in every pick. And we we could have and should have been able to work really hard to get well, Rosie, for example, I can't believe we didn't we didn't get it work harder to get out of the position to get at least him. How we at McHenry, I just can't believe we took McHenry at the position that we did. Yeah, McHenry's that, the one, I think. M- McHenry's the one that uh, puzzles me. I-, I can understand Jones. I mean, his numbers in the carnival were pretty good. Um, he looked a little bit undersized, but he was, a, he was a real magnet and a real bull at the ball. And, you know, in some ways, Macker, he looked like a young Dangerfield the way he played. I looked at a little bit of that... Um, that footage and you know he straight lines the ball and all the rest of it um, but McHenry is the one I do not understand the thinking of, of choosing a bloke who is at best going to be a small forward and uh, you know a great lad uh, got a great attitude by all accounts uh, tries really hard you can see that he tries really hard but I just for a pick that high you're looking for something a bit more. The McHenry's a pick that you would take in the third round, I would have thought. Uh, well, at, at very, very, very best uh, late second round, but uh, not where we took him, for God's sake. Not before a Durs, and not you know. And no. uh, I mean, Port Adelaide, they they took they took uh, players either better than they really should have been. Yeah. Sorry. They, they either got bargains or at least got their value. Whereas I don't believe we got anywhere near our value for what should have been good uh, good draft picks. Yeah, uh, and I think you're right. We we blew it in that particular draft, and that sort of set sets the scene. Yeah, hundred percent agree, Mac. Um, I'm just looking at last year's draft. Port, uh, sorry, at the 2000. And let's look at the 2018 draft real quick. Um, Port took. Rosie at uh, five. We've taken Jones at nine. Port have taken Zach Butters at twelve. So Butters was there at nine, uh, along with um, Jai Caldwell, who hasn't had a huge amount. Jack Haley was at fourteen. Jordan Clark was at fifteen. We took McHenry at sixteen, with Dersma still there. Yep. Um, you know, Port have taken. Uh, I mean, Will Hammer was a good get at 30. I, th- I think he was a good get uh, at 30, but uh, the other one that Port got in that draft. Uh, Butters. 
Well, he was certainly in the first 18. Uh... Oh, that's right. He went at 12. Yeah. He ran at, went at 12. So uh, Butters, Butters was there when Jones was there, obviously. Um, you know, hindsight's a beautiful thing, Macca. A beautiful thing. Um, but uh, I would have liked to have had Haitley, to be honest with you. If it, if we... Uh, he was probably the one. Nick... Um, Valenti was another one that Luke Valenti from that went to um, Frio. Yeah, although I know he hasn't got a game there yet, so uh, the, 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 he had a little bit of a knock on him through. Uh, uh, he wasn't very quick. Um, but coming back to Haitley, I think this is the year. Uh, GWS are having uh, salary crap uh, problems, and they've got to try and get players. They, they're going to probably to keep the players they want to keep. They're going to have to move players on, and this. This is one that I think that Adelaide should begin moving on very quickly to try and get Haitley. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the one that I really like that Port picked up last year is Mitch Georgiatis. I think he's going to be a champ. Yeah, I think he is too. Uh, not only can he uh, get off the ground, if you look at the length of his arms, I mean, he, he God, I've seen apes with shorter arms than his. They, seriously, they, they are long. He could, when he puts his hair, arms up to take an overhead mark, he, they are a long way up in the air. Um, yeah, and he's got beautiful judgment. He, he's a still late in the first round. Um, that are, they didn't even use their first pick with him. But by God, I mean, when you look at the difference between uh, Mitch and uh, Fisher McAsey, you'd almost think George Artis would have been a pick at, it, worth a pick at six. Um, yeah, not wrong. But, you know, like I said, hindsight's a beautiful thing. I, look, at the end of the day, I I worry about the McHenry pick. Uh, I'm a little bit worried about the the Chase Jones pick, but I don't. I think Chase might have walked into a midfield that was in tatters, and a bit like Harry Schoenberg, if if you could put those kids into a functional midfield and just give them minutes with experience uh, around them, uh, valuable experience around them, they develop quite nicely. But um, we're relying on these kids too much to actually be linchpins rather than just be support players. Yeah, I think that um, what's his last Schoenberg, is it? Schoenberg. Yeah. Um, I, I, what I do like about the kid, he's not getting handouts from any of the other players. He's he's just reading the play and getting working and working and getting his own ball. So, um, yeah, you say you know that normally they they do rely on handouts from the senior players, but this kid gets his own ball. Yeah, Joe Max asking in chat, do I trust Haggis and Reed? Look, I think I said no, a couple of weeks ago. I don't trust Reid. Well, I think I said a couple of weeks ago, um, Mac, and I'd be interested in your thoughts on this. I feel like um, I feel like um, Haggis sometimes he's very good in the lower picks, but I feel like he I feel like he uses the same judgment sometimes on the higher picks. I think he speculates a bit, and let's be honest, Duday was speculative, and that worked out fine. So you can't knock him for that. Mm-hmm. But I just think sometimes some of our picks have been a little bit cute. Gallucci, I thought, was a little bit cute and, and quite speculative. Um, McHenry clearly was. Um, and uh, Jones possibly was as well, given his size. So I just like Haggis to be a little bit more straight down the line in terms of... Yeah, I, I, that's fair comment. That is fair comment. Um, but I, I still think he's a very good. Um, I think he's a, a very good spotter of talent. 
Um, and I think his record stands up very, very well over the long term across entire drafts. So I just sometimes at the top end, like Fisher McAsee again was an interesting pick for us given where our needs were. And that to me that comes down to two things. Either list management is, is not um, analysing the list correctly or our, our strategy is a bit off. Because I, I must admit, I was surprised that we took Macasey uh, at six last year, and well, that's, not a, Ma- that's not, not a knock against not a knock against Macasey. Sorry uh, to cut you off, but uh, there was a couple after that that I think uh, we could have picked up. Yeah, I, I, you know, Ogilvy has turned up some good ones, like Dangerfield, for example, was uh, one that he took uh, that others wouldn't have taken. Yeah, and uh, and. Uh, you know, as we know, he won the very best players in the competition. So, so he gets it right occasionally, but I think you're right. I think at the moment in the position we've got, he's just got to get good players and um, no fancy stuff, just pick the best. But he does have the handicap, of course, this year because there's no Victorian football being played. So no, but they would have been tracking. They, they would have been tracking these guys for 36 months, mate. Um, oh, they will. Because, but the, there's a year of football where... Players, some players will develop from and go from being not considered to being a must, and yeah. others will go from being looking like a must to probably pass them by. Yeah, um, it's a it's a really important year in their development. Look, the second half of the question, um, J Mac, um, I don't, I don't like the way Reed's handled our list. Some of the no. contracts that have been dished out have been ridiculous, and I think they. Um, there's been some. I mean, I'm, look. There, there should have been a there should have been a point macker during 2018 at least, but definitely during last year, where the club thought, you know what, this squad is done. It's not going to get any further. Uh, we need to turn it over, and the best time to turn over a squad is when these players have still got a bit of trade value. And you look at what we got rid of. We got rid of Hewitt Greenwood, Alex Keith, and um, Eddie Betts. Got rid of Charlie Cameron and Mitch McGovern the previous year. Now, now, none of those players, with the possible exception of Keith, were really what I would have called value on the trade table. I mean, when you have a look at the the uh, the output that Greenwood's giving Gold Coast now, they got him for an absolute steal. Well, that's the type of thing I'm talking about uh, about not getting true value. Um, but well, the that, thing of the thing of it is, we underrated. See, this is where I think that it, the our rating of our list it was flawed because, and it, yeah. was show, it showed by how Rashido had had a spit at Greenwood. But yeah, but with with Greenwood, play. though, they they did uh, Gold Coast. They were using the threat of the PSD. Yeah, but why wouldn't you give Greenwood a contract? I don't think. See, oh, we should have. No, no argument. We should have. See, in my opinion, in my opinion, if you've got to take a five-year view on a new list, because we didn't, we weren't, we hadn't bottomed out, so we didn't have that constant stream of high draft picks coming through. So it was always going to be a case that when the 2017 Grand Final squad hit the cliff, which we clearly did, you know, through 2018, yeah. at that point, at that point, 
if I was list management committee at that point, I'd go, right, who's got value because we've got to clear this out right now. And blokes like Luke Brown, Brody Smith, Rory Laird, those sorts of blokes who at that stage held plenty of value on the trade table, plenty of value on the trade table, would have got us some decent uh, currency at draft. But what we did, what what we've done is we've rung the squad to death. We've overrated certain players, giving Rory Sloan five years when he's had a history of foot problems and has shown to be vulnerable uh, under attack. And really, Rory Rory Sloan, as much as I I love him as a player, in terms of a heart and soul player, since Danger's left, Sloan has, has been... Uh, shown to be not up to being the main man in the midfield. Would you agree with no. that? Yeah, so, yeah, I agree with you. He's definitely not a main man. So why are you giving him five years? If he gets a three-year deal from St Kilda to go back home and we get a bloody first-round compo out of it, Rory, you've been a great servant for the club. We wish you well. I mean, you've got to you've got to be that objective when you're talking about list management. There's not that many good players in the talent pool in this country... With 18 teams, there's not enough players to be able to gift spots in your squad. And we've gifted Rory five years. He's had a history of plantar f- uh, fascia injuries. He's got shoulder problems. He's getting a bit older. Um, and he doesn't deal with a tag. So what is that the player that you give five years to? No, definitely not. You know, we've got uh, the Crouch boys. Um, Brad Crouch... Um, Probably still has a little bit of value at trade, but certainly not as much as he would have last year. Um, you know, I would have been gung-ho on getting Brad Crouch out of the club last year. We had situation previously with Josh Jenkins where he could have gone to Brisbane two years ago at the height of his oh, powers. Oh, that's one that really hurts, yeah. At the height of his powers. And now, two years later, less than two years later, Macca, we're paying his salary at Geelong. He can't even get a run. Would have got, a, would have got a first rounder for him in two thousand eighteen, and that's um, not hindsight talking because we've been saying that about Jenkins, and people say, "Oh yeah, he kicked sixty goals, la 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 la." He kicked sixty goals as a bloody uh, uh, a small forward in a team that was <laughs> exactly in a team where we were killing it off half back and getting it over the top, and as soon as Josh had to play one on one offense, he wasn't up to it. Simple as that. And everyone with half a football brain could see that. So what, so what you're really saying, Fee, when you go through it, is our list management's been shocking. I don't think it's been proactive, Mac. I think there was a point during 2018... 2018 where, was a year. ...where the list management committee, and with all the kerfuffle about the camp and everything... Look, let's, let's look at it objectively. Let's chuck all the shit about the camp aside and let's look at it objectively. After 2017, the club decided, rightly or wrongly, that the that the squad was mentally weak. Correct? And as a consequence, they decided to do this camp thing. Now, they messed that up completely. But the, the premise, the reason why they did that was because they thought the squad was mentally weak. And if you recall, during plenty of Tuesday Night Live shows with you, me, um, Peter J, we all said the same thing. That in big games, under under conditions where we had to lose, had to win, more often than not, this squad was found wanting. Yep, I could name you half a dozen games, and we've gone through it a thousand times. So, yes, we had a good squad. The coaching staff and the club 
thought that they were mentally weak already, so they saw a major flaw. And then, when things started to kick up about the camp, it was obvious, rightly or wrongly, that what the club did in terms of uh, putting the, trying to get those players to get more mentally tough didn't work. The players rebelled. And at that point, Macca, whether you agree with the camp or not, and you know where I stand on the camp, oh, yeah. whether you agree with it or not, at that point, the club should have gone, you know what? Fuck it, you guys. If you're not going to buy in, you're out. We're going to trade you. That's when it should have happened. It is that simple, yeah. That's when it should have happened. Irrespective of what you think about the camp and the methodology behind the camp, the reason was that the players were mentally weak. And they were shown after that, with all the whinging and carrying on and leaks to the press and all the rest of it, that they were mentally weak. They've shown this year that they are mentally weak. Our senior players who are still in this team are mentally weak. They're getting brushed aside by players of similar experience. They are mentally weak. They couldn't show up from a pre-season with any sort of fitness at all. Mentally weak. So the club was not wrong about identifying that this team, this squad, was mentally weak. So trade them. Well, they've still got bloody value because now we've got all these hacks on our side that we've kept on our list for two years too long who aren't worth a pinch of shit. And we've gotten rid of good players like Hugh Greenwood, Jared Lyons, all the rest of it, who cost half the price and will give you double the value. Well, no argument for me. And Clear, uh, clear if, failure of our list management. Well, and that, uh, that's why I say, uh, uh, for me... Um, I, my main fear is that the list management people will mess it up at uh, at draft time because um, we really have got the strongest hand that we've ever had, never ever gone to a draft with. We'll never go to a, a draft, uh, hopefully, we'll never go to a draft with a stronger list and stronger hand than what we've got this time. And they really do, and I know it's going to be harder because of the, the fact that the Victorian uh, underwriting competition hadn't been in, in existence, but um, as you said, they should have been tracking that for three years, Mac. I think you might have just dropped out there, mate. Back with us? You might have to just log back out and log in again. There you go. Uh, who, me? Yeah, you're right now. You just uh, you had a bit of a... Uh, oh, okay. But my point hiccup. is I, I do not trust them to do the right thing. And um, I really I really think, you know, there should be a lot of changes at the top. We should be getting rid of Chapman. We should be get, We should be getting rid of the deputy chair. Um, we should be getting rid of. Uh, we should be banning Rue from making any decisions or appointments uh, to senior positions, things like that. And oh, we yeah, should be kicking Reed, kicking Reed out, putting somebody in there that really knows something about list management. Um, and I think then we might become a good football club. But but you know this club has got a history of getting rid of the wrong people. You know we got rid of Alan Stewart a couple of years ago. Now Stewie was a fantastic. A fantastic spotter of talent and nurturer Great of talent. Great judge. Great judge. You know, and he got frozen out of list management because he made a call on Jenkins that people didn't, uh, that the rest yeah, of the he community... Yeah, he wanted to train him. Yeah. And he was right. But but what happened after that, They he stopped getting invited to list management meetings. Yep. And so he left. Now, Stuart, uh, Peter Jonas was another one that, that has been lost to the club. Peter Jones was fantastic in terms of player development and uh, talent spotting, all the rest of it. Got um, the the bloke that ended up going with Franco to uh, Queensland. Was it Kaisler? 
Yeah. Fant- fantastic development of players. We have gotten rid of so many or lost so much intellectual property from our club and it's through this nepotism of a few and this unwillingness, unwillingness to make hard decisions on club favourites. Uh, Jeremiah asked where Stuart now. I think he's retired, mate, because he was getting on a bit. But um, he would have, like, as a consultant, he would have been fantastic in our team. Anyway, look, Matt, we could we could go another half an hour on this one, and uh, I promised you that we wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> and we've blown it. We've got to keep this to an hour. We've killed it. But you know, everyone, keep going in the in the in the chat. Uh, don't forget the Discord uh, for Crowcast is always open. You can always chat uh, live in the Crows Crows chat twenty four seven. Um, drop us a line on Twitter if you want to engage in any of this conversation. Um, thanks to everyone who's joined us on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Thanks to everyone who's um, got on chat tonight. Um, notable acceptance, Vardy Magic. Vardy will listen to this. Vardy will listen to this, Macca. And cool. I'm just calling him out right now. Where the hell are you, mate? Where the hell are you? You can't just miss a week just because we got towed up. you got you got to show up. <laughs> anyway. Uh, all right, Mac. Um, whoops. Um, that's it. Uh, g'day to Nikki, who had the week off this week. Thanks, Mac, yep. for joining us. We'll be back next Sunday for another weekend wrap. Until then, take care, and we'll see you later. Yeah, not all.